Video. It's the only way to get what you want to watch when you want to watch it. Hello, my name is Justin McClure, and I'm here today with Mark Hansen. And you're listening to the Bay Street Video Podcast. We go through all this week's notable Blu-rays and DVDs. We've got a juicy lineup here, too. And we're starting off with Thriller, A Cruel Picture, a big box set from Sign, I mean, Vinegar Syndrome. (laughs) Don't say that. We are not allowed to mention Sign, I mean. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome. No, we're allowed to mention Vinegar Syndrome. So, yeah, this was a big deal because, all right, I'll just say it. Sign apps put out a blu-ray three months ago now yep and then vinegar syndrome like jumped on it was like no no no, we have a blu-ray coming out yeah a 4k from the original negative or whatever they like fully remastered first time ever does they work with the director on this one apparently okay that's what i heard so i don't know what the deal is with synapse because they put out their release they put it out on dvd Mm -hmm. years ago they always seem to have the rights to it and their blu-ray is loaded with special features most of which are just ported over from their dvd release but their release seemed pretty legit you know and it was something we sold a bunch of before vinegar syndrome came out and said hey hold on a sec i do think though the synapse edition has maybe been discontinued because we've been trying to reorder a few oh it's definitely been discontinued and i think it's done oh no the director worked with uh, on this one because there's a documentary he does narration on yeah well this is a huge release we have been getting asked about this ever since they announced it. I've never been a fan of this movie. I I, think it's iconic. Like, its poster is iconic. It is, But I find the film kind of dull. Yeah. Like... No, I I would agree. I definitely, you know, I watched it in my early 20s when I was getting into exploitation stuff, and it was kind of one of the big titles. And I remember liking it, but it's not one that's ever stuck with me. I would say, like, I Spit on Your Grave is stuck with me I always confuse this with I Spit on Your Grave. I think I I like I Spit on Your Grave more than this one. I do, too. I'm not sure why, but... This one has great slow motion. I hope you like slow motion, because every action scene is in slow motion. But, I mean, this is a beautiful-looking release, if you're into the packaging, which I know a lot of our viewers... Listeners are. So I was in the store recently and right. I picked it up and looked at the price and went, ooh, like literally like my mouse dropped open like a cartoon. So As it does. How, how, how much does this one sell for? 75 bucks. Okay. <laughs> that is, now that's Canadian mind, for any American. Keep, keep in mind that this set is already out of print through Vinegar Syndrome mm-hmm. itself. So they have They'll probably like, release them separately. They did. There's so two cuts of this release movie. a non-limited edition. Mm-hmm. But if you want the box set, so the big pink box that everybody was craving. One of your coworkers mentioned but look at the box and what i said was but they all come in boxes like this now (laughs) like when we we realize like all our comics have hollow foils i don't want to make this the running theme of the podcast but 75 dollars it's really just for for one movie it's for the pink box because once you don't get it it's i know and and we got a few that were actually kind of damaged yeah no one is seeing right now that i'm pointing at the damage well you know we we got a few that were completely damaged so we got replacement boxes it was good but i don't know people just like the look yeah they're gonna re-release it i think they already have Mm. re-released it without the box it's one of the perennial cult films so it makes sense yeah and we're gonna sell them you know people were so the way they did it is they had a big weekend sale they sold out of all of them but they reserved copies for a number of stores like us that they deal with and we got it so we still have copies left and we still got like a good amount of them so can people call you and order them yeah we should ship it out and everything i hope that after the podcast comes out give us a call sell out hey we sold through like half of them but we still got a good number left so (laughs) moving on we have miami connection now is this the first time that uh they've released like a box set like this vinegar syndrome which is a how would you describe this like from the side another hard box thing but it doesn't get stuck Um, (laughs) yeah i know i think it's the same thing they did with sensor their blu-ray effect. oh that's right sensor was and like this her too. smell kind of looks like that as yes. well, which is one of their partner label ones 
This looks great, though. I mean... We're starting to cannibalize uh, everything, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I have the prior Blu-ray mm-hmm. from Draft House. That I, I do, put too. Out, and that's a great release. Like, I I got the set. I, I have the release. single that came, the 7-inch, yep. when it was released so, in the poster. That one's got tons of features. It looks good. So I don't think I personally am going to upgrade to this. I mean, it is Ultra HD, So, but I mean, it's Miami Connection. Do you need Miami Connection and Ultra There HD? are some new special features on here, and there is the original cut, the pre-release version of Miami Connection. Which is, which is curious, yeah. Which I'm curious about. And I guess the sound, you definitely want as best sound for <laughs> as for, Exactly. It's got yeah. one of the greatest movie songs of all time. And it's been out of print for a long time. So yeah, the draft house thing, has been right? out of yeah. print for a while. So It's not do- like they call me one eye, which is like... It's available in other places. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you never picked up the original release, this is a must have, especially if you're into cheesy 80s movies because. (gasps) Sorry, I just pointed at the price. But you know, it's Miami Connection. It's the best. Who doesn't love Miami Connection? I love Miami Connection. It's great. It's so much fun. Moving on, we have a film that I uh, like, love, love, love Cloak and Dagger. It's Richard Franklin's uh, Psycho 2 fame, written by Tom Holland. I always get him confused with Does the guy who directed The Wizard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's Todd Holland. Todd Holland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Tom speaking Holland's of beautiful guy. cases, this one is bananas. Yeah. Like, it looks like a video game when it comes oh, out. Yeah. There's a booklet and there's tons of special features. Like, this is the best release ever. Oh, yeah. But those, pri- those prices aren't going down. I know. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> so you bought, we, you bought this I one. I did. I love so this what, And so, I bought Miami Connection as well. Yeah. So it justified the price for you? Uh, I love Cloak and Dagger. True, like, it's one of my true. favorites. So, like, this, this is an one, easy buy. this has never been out on Blu-ray. Or never. Uh, we played it theatrically anything. when we did our uh, yeah. kids uh, thing a while back. So, yeah, I'm really happy that it's this. But it's the issue. And I don't want to harp on it, like, every episode or every five minutes of this episode. But, like, if everything is special, is anything special at that point? It's a good question. That's a weird, right? I know that's a weird argument, but I think that as human beings, we get overwhelmed by stuff. Yeah. And then if it's all like that, like, it's like, oh, wow, I love collecting this. But at a certain point, you're like, well, I don't need to collect all of this. Yeah. You know, perhaps no, I'm get getting you. old where I'm like. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I get Vinegar Syndrome, to their credit, seems to do it the right way in that they put out, like, the limited set yes. first. And then they make it available just as, like, the disc later mm-hmm. on. So if you don't care about that, at least you can still get it. Yeah. And point. I want these films to be available for Exactly. So. Right. So. I feel like that's maybe the best way to do it. But again, going back to our is physical media too expensive thing. it's, yes, it's, it, yeah, is. it is. It's getting there. But it's, this is the market we're dealing with. Why is with it so now. expensive, though? Like, because is it because they're pushing it to see? Like, I don't think the audience is dwindling right no, now. No, but I because think it says it's it's a very it's specific narrow audience. audience yeah, and I think more often than not, like I said before, when we used to get vinegar syndromes without the slip covers, they wouldn't sell. Nobody would buy them. That is bananas. We get them with the slip covers, and sometimes they're a little higher price than what we used to get them for. They sell like crazy. I don't understand. Like, uh, we've talked that's, about that's the, the like market we're in. the vinegar yeah. syndrome discovering slip covers. Yeah and, and, yeah, and realizing, and they've been running it for a while, almost five years now. Yeah, so oh, totally. it's lasted longer than the comic book boom, which uh, for people in the '90s, the thing about the comic book boom is it became a speculators' market where yeah. people were buying the comics because they wanted to resell them, and that's what caused it to collapse. Which this is not the case, mostly with these releases. Like people not aren't really, really buying them to flip them. No, they just I like mean, it. there are collector communities that do clearly yeah. flip them, but. I think they just like them on the shelf. And I think Vinegar Syndrome, they do the best job on their slipcovers. Oh, at least. so good. Like, they, they look so good. Higher quality. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, I wish I could have had time to watch this one, but I didn't. It is William Malone, Scared to Death. Uh, his first movie. Yep. And 
uh, this is a movie I always consider because the sequel has like the monster on the cover. Yeah, it had nothing yeah, yeah. to do with it. It's like Sinajor or something like Sin- that. Sinjinor. Sinjinor. Yeah, yeah. And this one is about, I think it's about like a paperback author who gets involved in Los yeah. Angeles with a monster going around. So I started to watch this. I just did because it it's on Tubi. So I watched mm. like the first 45 minutes and it's fun. I like it. It's definitely that William Malone style. It feels a lot like Creature and that it's like clearly a ripoff of other things, but done like really lovingly. But yeah, it's got a really douchey lead character who's like <sighs> a douche bag crime novelist who's like yeah i'm gonna become a cop now i'm gonna get involved in this investigation <laughs> but really you're just gonna watch it because you want to see the mutant man from the sewers kind of like pop up and say boo and kill people so for that i had i had fun i'm gonna finish it so. and uh, william malone is involved in this release yeah even though like been... last time he claimed that he had nothing to do with well, the he's release been of all Creature. over i have him as a friend on facebook yeah, me too. i think a lot of people do and he's been all over facebook promoting it but it's almost in a way that he seemed like he just heard about the release oh, like, really a couple weeks ago but that can't be right he did commentary on commentary. it. <laughs> yeah. so like, Unless that's from an old... I don't think this ever got a proper DVD release. Unless he did it himself like he did with Creature. Yeah, I don't think so. Because this was a famously dark film as well. Yeah. So I wonder if the transfer looks better. Probably does. Well, it they should were look better because the one that's on Tubi right now looks, looks like looks shit. Yeah. So I feel like this is a lot better. Moving on, we have Red Surf. Now, Vinegar Syndrome, uh, I've reached the point where I'm like, I need to get all the releases. <laughs> I know. You picked up almost all of these, right? Mm-hmm. Almost. Yeah. Uh, I didn't pick up Thriller right, out of all the right, ones right, we're right. talking about. But I, I think all the other ones we mentioned yeah, they're on this list because I picked them up mm-hmm. and watched them. We have Red Surf, and it's part of their uh, Vinegar Syndrome archive line, which it basically translates like to it. not that good. Not that good, <laughs> yeah. but again, cool packaging. Oh, <laughs> lovely packaging. My brother literally came over two weekends ago, looked at my shelf, and went, these look really good right? on your shelf, which That's is the, the like only thing pieces. you could ever get from someone. Oh, yeah, they're like art pieces. <laughs> yeah, man. Red Surf, uh, the novelty is it stars George Clooney, and yeah. he does star in it. He's not just like one guy. Yeah, okay. It's almost two hours long, and it feels like most... <laughs> Mostly improvising a bunch of drug dealers walking around in L.A., which seems up your alley. Like, you would like that stuff. Yeah, I would have liked to get around to it if I had time. Very uneventful. Yeah. Like, this cover with them with guns on the cover, that is uh, selling a movie that this not isn't. (laughs) You know, uneventful doesn't necessarily turn me off. Gene Simmons. (laughs) Gene Simmons? Yeah. Wow. Uh, the okay. bad guy has like a trap door that has wolves that uh, like he feeds nice. people the wolves. But that's like as wild as it gets. Okay. Uh, I like these releases because Vinegar Syndrome took my note, you know, uh, maybe a hundred episodes yeah. ago. They listen to they, us. Uh, absolutely listen to this podcast, which I said, if you can't get the director or the star, just get other people that worked on the film because they have yeah. good stories. And that's what they did. Like commentary with the producer, an interview with one of the actors, a casting director. Like these people have good stories. And I'm oh, glad yeah. that. Uh, There's so many people involved in these movies that you can get. And I, I often watch the special features on these archive releases because I'm like, oh god, this movie's not good. But let's see what the people who made it have yeah, to say. exactly. That's <laughs> where you get the most interesting mm-hmm. anecdotes, I think. Because they also don't hold the film up that much. Exactly. And right? oftentimes, Vinegar Syndrome, what they'll do is it'll be a career retrospective instead of about a specific movie, which I really like. Cool. Next up, we, oh, this is another archive release, but this one is great. Did you watch it? I did, yeah. Okay. Expect no marks. Oh man, Mark is making a face. Are you going to have a, a contrarian opinion? No, no. I, <laughs> Two thumbs up he's putting up. I'm doing my Roger Ebert to Cisco and Ebert, two thumbs up here. I mean, I figured I would like this movie. Expect no mercy, in case I got so excited and say the title. This is another Jahal Mary film. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome clearly got his entire catalog yeah. and we've been going through it. <laughs> this is the crown jewel in the Jahal, I think, library. Oh, uh, we yeah. showed it many years ago at uh, Laser Blast Film yeah, Society. I must have missed that screening. It was I great, man. I not remember seeing it. It was so loud. It felt like we were in D-boxes. <sighs> well, like when, I was, yeah, when I was watching, I'm like, fuck, I wish I had seen this on this big screen. Uh, he was supposed to 
to get us a print at the time, but at the last minute he couldn't, so we had to play a DVD. But, you know, it was still fun, and Jahal yeah. Kane gave an amazing Q&A, because he's in these movies, he produced them, he directed all the action scenes, oh, and yeah. these films are half action scenes. And what's great about this one is that it's also directed, uh, I'm saying co-directed, because, I mean, he admits that Jahal did the action, yeah, by okay. uh, Zale Dalen. Yeah, which I did not, I totally Dallin? I can never get his on. name right. Yeah, I totally blanked on Oh, really? Was him, yeah. He's actually interviewed um, in the uh, special features, and I think he does a commentary, which is awesome, because I don't think they've gotten cool. any of the directors of the previous ones. They've just been Jahal by himself. Yeah. And uh, his setup for the interview is exactly the same as on the Skip Tracer disc, <laughs> where he's at his computer, there's a skeleton in the Beautiful. background. The difference is mine is in lower resolution zoom, but, you know, that gives a Whatever. different aesthetic, yeah, I right? I like it. A little homemade feel. But, I mean, for me, the big attraction on this is the VR, the virtual reality. There's a lot of it, too. I'm a huge fan of 90s VR movies like, you know, The Lawnmower Man or Virtuosity and stuff like that. And this really scratched that itch for me. There is so much Do you know they made a full game out of this? I interviewed the guy that starred in the game, not for this release. He appears in another. uh, I would have loved to be involved in this release. And I was asked a little bit to do a commentary with Jahal. And then I was like, oh, yeah, yes, please. And then the next email I got, I was like, oh, sorry, we already did it. And I was Uh, like, oh, but you asked. That's a bummer. Uh, But, man, there's so many interviews in this. There's, like, an interview with Billy Blanks and Jahal. Jahal does a commentary. Zale does a commentary. There's an interview with one of the actors. There's the trailer, intro, and playthrough for the entire game. Like, what a, what an amazing package. Cool. You could not get a bigger package. Oh, yeah. And the movie's really fun. And the movie's fun, yeah. yeah. It really combines, like, that just kind of down and basic, like, DTV 90s martial arts action with that, like, kind of, like... Yeah, retro-looking VR stuff. I mean, a lot of it looks like it's out of reboot or like the Lawnmower Man sequences, which I personally love. And I do think that Zale, even though he was a hired guy on this film, brings a lot of weirdness to it. Like, there's a guy with a whip, there's a guy that has like a lizard on his shoulder the entire time. there's an opening like assassination scene where they come up and they, yeah, the guy like assassinates this guy by whipping him around the (laughs) neck and then breaking it. Beautiful. And those explosions at the end at U of T, like, they are massive. Yeah, this was all shot in Scarborough, I believe, or Mm. around Scarborough. So lots of U of T campus. Here. And uh, there's a big explosion at the end. We asked Jahal, uh, how was it? Because he's in front of that explosion. And he said, the guy who did it said it wouldn't hurt. He it lied. Hurt. It hurt a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was. I thought that might hurt watching it. So moving on, we have Voyage of the Rock Aliens. Did you watch this one yet? I didn't. No. I didn't get around to really? it. Really? This seems like a good rally. I've never heard of this. Is it? Really? It is. is it maybe. Uh, I mean, it stars Pia Zadora. Do you know who she is? Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know I who she is? is? Yeah. Like, uh, the story is that she famously, like, her husband bought the Golden Globes to give yeah. her best yeah. new star. Award. Yeah, I'm not like intimately familiar with her, but I know her. She seems like the tabloid is, yeah. fodder that you'd be a big yeah, fan of. no, I've always been more curious to get into her filmography, but mm-hmm. I haven't really. Uh, she was a Broadway actor since she was a kid. Uh, she famously appears in Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, mm-hmm. the uh, MST 3K classic. Yeah. And in this movie, she sings and dances. I mean, I'm going to describe it to you and you'd be like, oh, I should have watched it. Right Opens on. with a musical number, her and Jermaine Jackson <laughs> singing a song. The plot is a bunch of aliens that are like Devo bootlegs yeah. uh, go to Earth looking for rock. It's very vague. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever seen a musical with this many musical numbers. There has to be 20 songs Jesus. and they're kind of like music videos. Yeah, okay. I've been listening to the theme, uh, the main song, uh, like on loop since I uh, <laughs> okay. watched it, which is her and Jermaine. Uh, it also stars, I know you hate this guy, Craig yeah. Schaefer from Nightbreed. I, I don't mind him. Uh, he's shirtless. I'm okay with him. Yeah. With a leather jacket. You can I, see I it on the cover here. Yeah, I think he's a bad actor, but... 
I like him. Uh, I, I the, mean, I like his vibe. The entire movie, I was like, oh, is he going to sing? Because he's a leader of a band, but he never sings. Yeah, and then yeah. he has a song where he, it keeps cutting to him as like a leopard. <laughs> and he's not a singer, but it's really fun. <laughs> okay, cool. And this is the kind of movie that like, there's like a beach where they jam out and have musical numbers. But the beach, it's clearly fall because like trees are falling. And there's like a tentacled monster that keeps attacking I them. Michael, Ber- Michael Berryman shows up as like a escape mental uh, yeah. patient. Ooh, that's not politically correct. Institutionalized From an, Yeah, person. institutionalized. Yeah. Well, you're um, definitely selling me on it with all of those. Uh, there's very Zazz-style gags in it, too, which okay. I didn't expect in this I movie. Like it's weird because, like, I was like, oh, this is clearly a Grease ripoff. Grease came out in 1978. Then 1984. So it's, like, yeah, way past. Way after it. Yeah, Grease okay. 2 came out in 1982, which is probably the closest style approximation I would give it is okay, Grease 2. Okay. There's a really funny gag that it starts off, Mikey, Michael Berryman, there's a dance. Yeah. And he shows up, like, as a chainsaw-wielding guy, and he's about to kill a woman, and the chainsaw breaks down. And the woman's like, what? What's going on? He's like, oh, I can't get the chainsaw started. And she's like, all right, let me fix it. And she pulls out a bunch of tools and sits down with him. And they keep cutting back to it for 20 minutes of her <laughs> working with them until they're friends. And then, like, on the seventh cutback, she's like, all right, you can start it. He's like, no, I'd like you to start it. And then she starts it up. He doesn't kill her instantly, which would have been a funny punchline to that yeah. gag. Pacing of the gags are a little off. The songs are forgettable, but they're new wavy. So it's okay. like catching okay. while they're playing. Lots of dancing and stuff like that. So Love there's it. a movie I wish Xanadu was. Okay. Like, when people okay. talk about yeah, Xanadu yeah. as a cult musical, Xanadu's kind of boring. Like, it has some yeah. good ELO songs, but there's, like, four of them well, in the whole movie. Time, yeah. yeah, This doesn't have that dead time. Well, like, maybe this will get picked up for some rep screenings then around the... Around yeah, North I feel America. like getting a, a, like a bigger well cult. Now. I remember when I used to work at Isor like, a decade ago, the video store, like, this was a big renter because it didn't exist anywhere. Like, right, it had never been right. released. It has come out on Blu-ray, supposedly unofficially in Germany. Oh, uh, okay. So that's been floating around, but it's the first time that, you know, it's a special edition. Okay. All right. Now we move on to the classier stuff. Devil Indemnity. Good movie. Billy Wilder. Criterion put it out. Great stuff. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't really, yeah. Have, have anything else. else to say? I mean, it's class. I love it. I've always loved it. Mm-hmm. Not even a huge noir guy, but it's great. It's the best. Yeah, you're more of a Western guy now, right? Yeah, of you're course. My, Westerns you're... and musicals. No, not musicals yet. No, yeah, you're yeah, not there I'm yet. I'm working on it. I'm Mark, working on uh, it. Mark Musical Hanson. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do it. <laughs> Next up, Tales of Hoffman, the opera film directed by Michael Powell, one of George Romero's and Martin Scorsese's favorite films. I've never seen this one, actually, but I do love Michael Powell It's like all visual. It is just the opera, like played out. Basically, it's kind of like the Red Shoes, that one sequence, but over a whole movie. Which I love. So, yeah, definitely got to check this out. George Romero loved to tell the story. As a kid, he would try to go like rent movies at the public uh, place and that like he wanted Tales of Hoffman so bad and the guy's like, Martin Scorsese, he just took it out again. So they were (laughs) in a fight over it. Yeah, yeah. We also have Chan is Missing by Wayne Wang. I feel like a forgotten 90s auteur or 1982. Well, this was, was, yeah, I mean, he's been working for a while. I thought this was like from the 90s too, but this is early 80s. I mean, he was very much part of that 80s independent film scene at the time. And this one's very much of that kind of ilk it's just sort of it's very like regional to the san francisco asian american community it's basically a bunch of guys a couple of guys just looking for their friend who's gone missing and owes the money and that's kind of it it's just really short real slice of life you got that jim jarmusch greg Araki kind of vibe to it and yeah i i really dig it uh it's, and it's really cool that criterion's putting this stuff out because it is such a small film and it's been out of print on dvd for years and years but it was really influential but when i was looking through his filmography i 
realize I haven't really seen many Wayne Wang. I don't movies. think I've ever seen a Wayne I've Wang film. I've seen this, and I've seen The Center of the World, which is that movie he made with uh, Peter Sarsgaard and Molly Parker, where she played a stripper. That I don't know. He it's kind of like a almost like a Leaving Las Vegas kind of thing. But um, didn't Wayne I Wang seen like The Joy Luck Club or any of his like bigger movies? Even. Didn't he make a bunch of films with Paul Oster he in did, the nineties? And I love Paul Oster as a writer, and I've never seen hmm. those. So I got I got to catch up on his stuff. But Chan is missing. If you're a fan of American independent film, got it. Got to see it. And next up, we have Mark's favorite star in Salvador, James Woods. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, who doesn't love James Woods on screen? Uh, he's great on screen. Great Super on charismatic. Screen. Terrible person in real life. Even like back like in Oliver the day. Stone a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, Oliver Stone. I mean, David Cronenberg talked about like James Woods, uh, yeah. even on Videodrome, was super paranoid that like he wouldn't put the helmet on that really? they, he wears. So David Cronenberg's the one wearing the helmet in Videodrome. Oh, interesting. I love James Woods in Videodrome. I mean, I love him in everything. And you know what? I really like this movie. I mean, I do like Oliver Stone in general, but this one's always stuck with me. And it's yeah, just like, savages. Yeah, I don't like savages. <laughs> Even though Emile Hirsch Latter- is in it. Uh, yeah, Latter Day Oliver Stone, maybe not. Could so he much, make another but... movie at this point? It feels well, like he still makes docs. He's yeah, mostly just terrible, doing, he's just doing documentaries Ugh, now. They're yeah. so bad. Like he's got the JFK one coming out. JFK <gasps> revisited. Yeah. Ugh. So, but you know, Salvador is great. It's been out of print for a while. I think Twilight Time put it out on Blu-ray, but this is the first it... kind of regular release of it. No special features. Though, it looks. Unfortunately. Oh, it's a sandpiper. Sand so they're just getting all the Twilight Time stuff and putting it out. Moving on, we have uh, Forbidden Zone, director's cut. Uh, this is a very fun Richard Elfman movie. Have you seen this one, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's been out a ton of times. What before. is the director's Forbidden... cut? That's what, what is... I wasn't sure about. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I so I didn't remember. I threw it on Tubi because they have this director's cut version on Tubi, <laughs> and it's like I don't know. I can't remember if there are any differences it's so did they short re- as it is color so. the blackface in the movie look at the back I think they, they put a clown face yeah, on the on the guy in the, some, in the minstrel makeup i feel like they did some recoloring or something but it's a black but, and white movie no it's not it's in color no i think it was originally in black and white at least a colorized now version. it's in color so oh. this version's in color so it's not the original so. version it's in color i guess not yeah. okay so they maybe did recolor the blackface oh, in the movie to look like a clown is. yeah because yeah. this version because i watched this one is in color so and I think the version I see seen in the first place was color. So I think I've only ever seen it in color, frankly. So he says here, going back to the first test screen in 1980, there are a few images I wish to change, but I lost control of the film by then. Well, with technology and some cool special effects, I'm finally effing able to fix things the way I wanted 40 years later. Yes, life is strange. Richard Elfman. All right. And he's made a new movie, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I saw this. I assumed it was you... just a, like, full moon, kind of like yeah, they repackage a bunch of films. No, this is a brand new film from Richard Elfman, which is, I mean, I, I didn't get time <sighs> to watch it, but, like, it seems like he's trying to do a pseudo-sequel to Forbidden Zone of sorts. Uh, hmm. It stars Vern Troyer huh. in the lead, but Wait. obviously Vern Troyer died. Yeah, like three, many, three many years, years ago, ago, didn't he? I think three or four years okay. ago. So they clearly filmed it before is that. Is it like The Crow where they're, like, stand-ins and stuff I like that? Know. This is a brand new film, though. Like, huh. this is just coming out now for the first time. And Richard Elfman, I don't think, has done much for years and years. When the so, Richard Elfman yeah. renaissance, we got Modern Vampires came out a while back. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, and I don't think Matthew Bright is involved in this new one at all. Uh, no, he's not. Yeah, because so, he was I'm involved sure. in Forbidden Zone. He, he was, yeah. Well, he acts wrote in it. it. He yeah. co-writes it. But yeah, this one, all, this new one, though, has French Stewart in it as well. George Went, Steve Aggie. Oh, poor French Stewart. Troyer. Yeah. 
Do you think Fred Stewart gets a big cut like does uh, Third Rock from the Sun? Is it in syndication anywhere? We have the DVD set and it sells very well. So oh, really? Mill Creek has it out on DVD huh. and it is a huge seller. It didn't have like ten, it had a lot of seasons, didn't it? Did, it did, yeah. It was on for a while. And next up we have from SRS Cinema, Death Toilet. So what's the Death Toilet trilogy? I don't really know. I know my friend Adam Thorne showed it at one of his like film festivals and okay. he said if you like a guy screaming into a toilet for 70 <laughs> minutes then this is the movie for you and the fact that there's a trilogy is very funny i can't believe you guys sold out of this movie you know i only had three copies and they go for 12.95 on dvd so i mean it's not that much of an investment that's still a lot of copies sold for you a movie what? people the probably S- haven't seen the srs stuff is just so cheap and it's mm-hmm. got that hook of it like a ridiculous title or something that i think people will just go for it i it's think like, they- have I can't lose. A fascinating model now is that they put out so much stuff yeah. that the profit margin is so small. Oh, yeah. That they can, you know, just pump it out and yeah. like have all these terrible kaiju films, like new ones yeah. that don't have miniatures. Nope. <laughs> it's shot in front of green screens. Buy them, though. Well, it's the covers. So they get tricked. I think it's the covers. Yeah, people think they're old. They look like they're older films mm. a lot of the times. But does it sell to the older gens that, that come in? No. I doubt it. I don't think so. Mm. I don't know. But I mean, I love their commitment to this the the sob mm-hmm. kind of like the 80s 90s sov stuff so yeah i love it that they're putting it like, out like yeah man we are in an sov boom oh like, man but the death toilet stuff's more recent that's new that that's came new, out right? like last yeah, year that's, yeah that's what i figure it's hard to tell sometimes though because that's, that's how artwork, they get you they really that's how don't they get you. yeah moving on we have dario argento's a phantom of the opera once <laughs> considered his worst film i think this one is fun i i need to revisit it because when i first watched it i thought it was awful but i also was not like maybe in the right mind frame for it julian so, sands playing the phantom yeah see i watched it just when it when i was younger and i don't think i was as well versed in argento so i think i was just like what the hell is the rat this? killer and his vehicle going yeah. around really ropey <laughs> cgi i know i'd like to say the dvd i watched it i was terrible too so i'd like to see kind of like a remastered version of it not that this is remastered but you know oh it okay. is remastered is it? i think yeah. scorpion yeah it did scorpion this is the re-release that oh no this is not the kino re-release because you're getting scorpion titles now this, is the, this is the Kino re-release. Of, oh, okay. Of, uh, There's no Kino yeah. on it, though. Yeah, I think they just keep that hidden. They're like, but we're not does, even going to. through Kino. Okay. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah, this was a Scorpion one exclusively through, like, mm-hmm. Ronin Flicks, I think. Yeah, I have the, so. like, slipcover version right, that was on right. Ronin Flicks. Yeah, I've been intrigued to check it out again, especially with his new movie coming out soon. So. Oh, Black Glasses? Yeah, I'm intrigued. Uh, people say it's okay. I hear fun things. Which, yeah. All right, Argento, go out on I'm that re- one. I'm ready for it. Actually, yeah. did you see, I think I saw you logged it on Letterboxd, the one that Dario Argento stars in. Oh, uh, the Gaspar Noé yeah. film? Yeah, I watched I saw it at TIFF, uh, the TIFF Bell Lightbox a month ago now. How was it? I liked it a lot. I mean, it's very much like a like, Gaspar Noé film. <laughs> Isn't but it like an Amour fan film, essentially? It's like Amour. Yeah. I, I would say it's maybe less bleak mm. and depressing. How is Argento's performance in it? Good. Mm. I really like him. I thought the performances were spot on. I really liked it. It's not as much of like a Gaspar Noé freak out. It definitely has all What is it called again? Vortex. Uh, Vortex, yeah. Vortex. Uh, great stuff, though. And I believe Utopia is going to be putting that out. So one of the Vinegar Syndrome. I saw it playing labels. at the Carlton for a while. Yeah. I was like, yeah, oh, it's been nice. I think okay. it's been doing well, yeah. So next up, we have Clifford. I don't have that much to say about Clifford. Absolute classic. <laughs> like, I love Clifford. So I read your review of this. So I'd never seen this film. Mm-hmm. Always heard about the legend of it. And I read your letterbox review where mm-hmm. you were like, I watched it with friends like years ago and it was like we all sat through it in stony silence. Yeah. But then you saw it in theaters and everybody was it was like a laugh riot. Yeah. I think I need to see it in theaters because I watched it by myself and I'm like, yeah, this is 
this is okay. It, like, I get the bit, but, like, I guess I didn't find it quite as much of a laugh ride as yeah, I thought I was Yeah, you know what? You're to. at stage one of Clifford. I think I'm at stage one, yeah. you know? It's... I went through it that I saw in theaters, and I was like, wow, people like, this is killing. Yeah. Then I watched it again by myself for uh, No Such Thing as a Bad Movie, because we did an episode on it. Yeah. Hilarious, and we all loved it. Okay, so okay. So, you, you can get there. I like Especially Charles Grodin. a lot, yeah. Uh, Charles Grodin's reactions in it. Like, what about the scene where he's like, he's like, just, like, just do a normal face, and then Martin Short's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, that's a cool. doing a bunch faces yeah it's not even that i don't because i know a lot of people are like oh martin short's so unbelievable in this but like, that's the joke that, though. that's the joke yeah mm. i get it i guess after a while i'm like okay i i get it you mm. know it's like i don't know what but it's i like just, the, it's all about I, charles groden i like though. the dinosaur world stuff in the end and i do like how feverish charles groden gets throughout it so yeah Next up, we have a Mark pick. It is The Weatherman. Yeah. Kind of forgotten, I feel. Like, it's first, one of those, like, forgotten films. You know, it's first time on Blu-ray. Taking a long time, and there's not much on this. We've just been doing this so long one. that I'm like, didn't we do The Weatherman two weeks ago? Like, it, it seems like, like it, we're in, right? like, a vortex. But it's crazy this has never been on Blu-ray. And I got to say, this is, this might be my favorite Nicolas Cage performance. Wow. I really, Bold words. I really love him in this. If you haven't seen it, it's a great dark comedy where he's just a guy, a weatherman, whose life is falling apart, his wife wife's leaving him his kids hate him and he just plays it so perfectly seriously you need if you haven't seen this movie because you're right i think it flew under the radar a bit people are like isn't that the family man which also stars nicholas cage also, not as good i although no, I, family do, I do terrible. have a lot brett of ratner brett ratner Ugh. this is gore verbinski actually yep. which he made i believe in between when he was doing the first three pirates movies yeah i think this was there. one of those famous like i'm gonna say blacklist but maybe not uh scripts by steve yeah. conrad or stephen conrad that everyone was talking about which is yeah. why Verbinski who, jumped who on. also wrote The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith, <sighs> which is a totally different tone mm. of this movie. This is like total black sardonic comedy. It's just so funny. It's just so, so funny. I laugh. I laugh so hard every time I watch it. And Nick Cage is just perfect for this, as you, well as the rest of the cast, too. You like the non-Pirates Gore Verbinski films, right? I do. Except well, for the funny. Lone Ranger. So Paramount also put out on Blu-ray this week, The Mexican. Do you remember that Ugh, one? I don't like that one. I saw that theatrically. Films. Terrible film, mm. but I love The Ring. Big fan of that. Oh, I forgot uh, he did he The did Ring. Mouse Hunt. I which, love Mouse uh, Hunt. Love Mouse Hunt. Um, I really like A Cure for Wellness. Yeah, which I like to say the best full motion video game yeah. that I've ever watched on screen. Oh yeah, I think I was a little too hyped up for Cure for Wellness. Uh, oh, I liked I, it, I but hyped I, it up at the time. I, I didn't love it as much as everyone else did, but mm. I did like it. Well, yeah. I didn't love it that much. Three and a half stars. It's interesting. Is what I would say. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Moving on, we have the sadness. Did you watch this? Yeah, I saw this back at Fantasia last year, and I really liked so many movies. That's Fantasia. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was covering it, so I just had an access to the the platform. Mm -hmm. um, I really dug. I know, you know, there's some <laughs> mean lukewarm. zombie movies. Not I, my thing. I'm not much of a zombie movie guy, yeah. but this one really hit the spot for me. I Isn't don't know. It just it's just depressing. Just, uh, my friend Peter was talking to me about it, and it's he's like, bleak and violent and gory, <sighs> but. It wasn't as depressing as mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be. And I think it does, like, pandemic horror better than anything else I've seen so far. So I really dug it. I At Midnight Madness, there was a zombie film that I liked. There was, like, a Taiwanese zombie film. I don't remember what it's called. Did that ever come uh, out? That, that was, like, 2020 sure. that it, it, it played at Midnight Madness. <laughs> I don't remember what it was remember. called. I, did, I clearly didn't see it. But. And the gimmick was like, it's all like politicians that get zombified. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I didn't see it, but I don't think, I think that's it came out. out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I weird. Heard anything since that? I feel like a Shutter film if there ever was. Yeah, one. well, yeah, the sadness is on Shutter right now, I believe as well. But you know, Raven Banner, it's a Canadian label, has done a pretty good uh, kind of the special Raven edition. Clearly has a deal so. with Shutter when it comes to physical media they do, putting their yeah. stuff. Well, out. I think because the director of the sadness is actually Canadian, he just oh, is he? Yeah, Rob oh. Jabaz. He moved to uh, Taiwan. Uh, years ago and he made this movie there but he's actually a Canadian expat so we also have Red Scare 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking at this cover. Uh, I love that. I knew I'd get that reaction it from you. Bill Pullman's wizened face <laughs> on the uh, cover. Well, this is a Mario Van Peebles directed film from 2014. Yeah, that's a long time ago. So they're trying and to trick people into thinking this so is Top Gun related. I'm just saying, if you love Top Gun Maverick and you need some more Top Gun style entertainment. And you need some more Pullman. Go I believe, Red Sky. Is it his son that's in Top Gun Maverick? Oh, is he really? There's a Pullman, yeah. I didn't even yeah. know that. He plays like one of the like uh, main students. Okay. And he kind of looks like Bill Pullman. He may not be related, but I feel he probably is, the yeah. way these things work. Well, this is some like DTV movie that came out a decade ago, and it's been out of print. So this other company, Bayview and Inception, has re-released it right <laughs> around now. Right now. We tricked yeah. you. We, we you tricked you. Yeah. Um, this is pretty bad. Although, you know, it's got more of a budget than I thought it was huh. going to have. It's still really funny. It's basically about a bunch of like disgraced, you know, Top Gun fighters who have to go on a secret mission to get Russian weapons of mass destruction or something. It doesn't make any sense. It's largely boring at times. But, you know, it's got some laughs. It's got some laughs in it. A little disappointed it's not called, like, Top Red Sky. I like to really trick people. They could have done it even better. Retitle it. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just I'm fascinated by Mario Van Peebles' directing career, you know? He just... Because he acts in this one, too. He plays the villain, which is really funny. He just, like, flits between different genres. With, like, mm. But he doesn't no do any reason, of them very well these days. Not really. Not really. And yet he still does them. He still does he them. He did that um, Nick Cage story from Jaws movie. Uh, yeah, the um, USS Indianapolis. Mm. Yeah, also largely boring. I will say, though, Shane West is in this film. Though, Who's Shane well. West? Shane West is from A Walk to Remember with Mandy Moore. <laughs> and he also shopped at BSV once. Uh, really? Years ago. Probably came in, a shooting at Toronto TV he show. Was shooting guy. Nikita at the time. Ooh. And he came in to buy a bunch of martial arts movies. Really? He's a martial arts fan, I guess. Like classic martial arts movies. Maybe he's like, I'm on Nikita. I need to. Yeah, maybe. Uh, was he like, could I get uh, well, Naked Weapon very... starring Maggie <laughs> Q? Yeah, I know, right? stars Nikita. He was very like, uh, I don't know if I want anybody to know who I am kind of vibes. So. I would not but recognize of course, Shane West if he was I I recognize. Did him, you so. did you say his name or did you just I, play it cool? No, I couldn't do. It. He just seemed like he wanted to be left alone. Your yeah. coworkers did not recognize Shane West. There's no, no I way. think I was the only one in the store at mm-hmm. that time. It was just me and Shane. Like was he me wearing Shane. a baseball cap? Yeah, like, it was, was actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny that he said it he was, was going to be me and Shane and Bayes. Walk to remember came video. out like 2002. <laughs> so there's no <laughs> way anyone even, would recognize yeah. him because in 2014 he's starring in Red Sky. Yeah, alongside a bunch of other actors like Rachel Lee Cook too, who was you know from the 90s. Uh, who supposedly didn't she get her career kind of squashed by Weinstein? Wasn't she uh, stuck wasn't in that? Gretchen Mole? Oh, maybe. But maybe Rachel. I mean, Rachel Lee Cook because she kind of disappeared, She's right? All that yeah. Too, so. Yeah. Which maybe. was a Dimension film. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, it's our last film, and if you're you know keeping track at home, that means it's our blind buy. Yeah. We got a big one for you this it week, is folks. Eraser. Reborn. <laughs> Wait, what? There's a sequel to Eraser. It's like, oh, is there a special edition of the original Eraser out? No. No. It's, it's a long gap sequel to Eraser. And by long gap, you mean basically a remake of Eraser. Pretty much, since it doesn't have anything to, I mean, apart from the program, yes. the Eraser program, it doesn't have anything to so, do with the original. let us throw you back to 2001. You're watching Eraser on TBS, where it played <laughs> where, endlessly. Where, where I saw it all the yes. time as a kid. Not my favorite Arnie film. I would I really say like Eraser. C-list like, Arnie. Uh, not I, that I have a, a lot of love for Eraser, I would say that. But Eraser, what is great about it? Uh, it's a pale imitation of 
of True Lies. Yep. It has crazy gadgets. Yep. And it has Arnie being charismatic. So and it's got a crocodile scene. Oh yeah. Fight versus That's crocodile. what it's famous for. And it's got a great scene where Arnie's on a parachute. And oh, he's I love that scene. A plane yeah, and he flies back. <laughs> And he opened his parachute at the last second. Yeah. I had Eraser on VHS, and I watch it over oh, and over. Me too. Taped me off too. TVS. I think Eraser for, like, people our age was, mm-hmm. like, a very good entry point to Arnold, at least for me. I feel like it was PG-13. Yeah, it was one of the early Arnold was it R? films. I think it was R, but it was, like, it was, cut it was sanitized yeah. enough. It wasn't too R, you know? So Eraser is famous for three things. We mentioned the first one, which... Wait, well, what did I mention? I <laughs> uh, Eraser's it, just famous for being awesome, right? Yeah, and there's crazy gadgets... There's that crocodile scene, yeah. the big shitty CGI crocodile, yeah, which is and uh, for real heads, the laser disc was famous for being the first one to suffer from laser rot, right. where it like literally disintegrated I all the copies that. of Eraser. Yep. It's been erased. It's been erased. Great game. <laughs> that was not on purpose. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine paying $100 for a racer? We're getting there. <laughs> We're getting Soon, there. Vinegar Syndrome I'm, putting out it, a racer. Hey, if Arrow put out a like, special edition UHD <laughs> eraser, sell like crazy. Big box. Oh, yeah. And so we have Eraser Reborn, this baffling, I have to assume, tax scheme. Well, Warner Brothers has been doing this for a while now, basically taking a bunch of 90s properties mm-hmm. and redoing them and making new ones. Uh, Deep Blue Sea franchise two. is kind of two and three. And the director, directed from three. Yeah, yeah, of Deep Blue Sea three. As well as the screenwriter of The Skulls. Oh, God. Uh, he worked on The Fast I, and the Fury. I think he was a producer on the first Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. He's got some credits, like, from the early 2000s of real movies. So we so. mentioned no gadgets, no Arnie charisma. Uh, no. Who's the star of this? He's just, I like, a bland, no I assume, South African star? Because, yeah. like, most of well, the cast actually, are South African. I think he's British or something. Okay. Dominic Sherwood. It's funny. I watch a, a British reality show called The Only Way is Essex, and he looks exactly like a guy on there. So that's all I was thinking of the whole time. When he would be on screen, it would be like a black hole. Like I was like, oh, no yeah, one's on screen right now. Yeah, he's not very charismatic, but it basically follows the same plot. Even the betrayal of yeah. his eraser team. Pretty much, yeah. And he, you know, has to protect another woman. Just like Vanessa Williams in the first one. I saw someone and... on Letterboxd describe it as, uh, you know, a competent episode of the Miami Vice TV show of the yeah. like the reboot. Yeah. I th- was yeah. there a Miami Vice reboot? No, there wasn't. No. What am I thinking Hawaii of? Hawaii Five O. Hawaii Five O. Yeah, that's because yeah. it's yeah, it's all filmed in South Africa, which is kind of the par for all these all these like, movies. All the yeah, DPC they're all filmed in South Africa. Were. Yep. You know what though? I this is not good, but I had more fun with this than a lot of bad DTV movies I see, <sighs> and I'm not sure why. I mean, maybe it was the the effort to try and make it just like the first one. Like they even kind of call back to the crocodile thing. They with do the, with, with a, a hippo or a hippo, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a hippo. With the hippo, like a killer hippo thing. So but I can appreciate that. For? I don't understand. Well, that's the thing. Because do enough people remember a ra- Like you bring this out and it's like, I wonder how many people even remember Eraser. And do they, they like, like Eraser you I, right? for its premise? That's I didn't even the remember thing. the Eraser premise until I started watching the movie. Yeah, I was like, oh, right? yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what, what it is. That's the thing. It's not like The Terminator or True no. Lies. It's not like a huge Arnold movie. It's like a middling Arnold mm. movie. It's like doing a collateral damage sequel or something. Oh, no, that's know? a bad Which Arnold movie. Which I'm sure is going to come Oh, give me End of Days too. Yeah, where's End of Days to get like, Gabriel Byrne back. I'm sure he'll do a DTV yeah, film as a devil. He will. He Why don't they guys charismatic people though? That's what like is baffling the, to me. But none of these do. That's the problem. I oh, guess they Michael just J. White in uh, Sudden Death too. Right. Right. Welcome, Welcome to, Sudden, to Death. Sudden Death. I mean, I guess you get Scott Adkins in Hard Target too. too. Yeah, that's right. Like so they're that. trying, but like this is bottom of the barrel. This stuff. is bottom of the barrel. But you know what? It had a little more of a budget than some of the.
these DTV ones. Why? Watch. Why like, is I would this say one? this has more of a budget than Red Sky. And know? I would say that they are probably trying really hard behind the scenes to make something competent. Yeah. But my argument is, to what ends? Yeah. Like, like, to what ends? I don't. I think for the VOD, I think they just make these for VOD, mm-hmm. and then they probably get some these profit are off the amount of people that just watch it off VOD. These have to be like tax loopholes of some well, kind. I think South Africa may have a lot of tax loopholes yes. to film these. And in, there, right? you, so. when you go to a country with tax stuff, you can save oftentimes more money than you're spending True. due to, you know, creative accounting yeah, that you can do. Of course. Which is the only reason I can imagine something like Eraser Reborn. I wonder if this made. spurs on sales of the original Eraser at all. No. No? No, because you nobody watches. Watch, I mean, the only argument you could make that is that people see it on the show and they go, oh, I don't want to watch that. I don't watch the original. Yeah. Like, that's the only... Yeah, I guess it's like, yeah, I don't, I feel like a lot of people wouldn't even clue in that this is a sequel to Eraser. If like, they I watch it, it's right. just like a generic DTV film it that is. has okay action. It's got okay like, action. But I thought I've, the I've action is better than a lot. Again, I agree. A lot of like I mean, Bruce Willis movies. It's no, the second. <laughs> yeah, but... it's not the second. You know, it's not as ridiculous as that, but it was a passable time. So you give it a blind buy then? No, I, I would give it, <laughs> no, yeah, I would give it a watch. You know, watch it, but buy it. <laughs> that is not a choice in this. Well, then no. Would I buy a Blu-ray <laughs> of Eraser Reborn? Hey, there's one special feature on it. The Warrior and the Witness making Eraser Reborn. What if it's like a Which like, like, like Apocalypse a Now minute. style uh, making <laughs> yeah, of? Exactly, right? We they don't know. Helen back making Eraser Reborn. <laughs> for the real fans. Yeah. That's it for this week's uh, episode of the Bay Street Video Podcast. Uh, Bay Street still open. That's our update at the end we of are. every episode. Doing well. We're doing well. Yeah. Just be safe out there, folks. I mean, th- there was an article recently in uh, Realtor.com, I Re- think. Retail Insider. Retail Insider. Which I've never heard inside of. Retail but, yeah, I don't know. I didn't do that interview, so. No, I um, think um, the store manager did yep, that one. He did. So I guess they contacted us at some point. But we get contacted all the time by um, and basically by the article is like yeah. uh, making money. We're doing well. Yep. Isn't that shocking? I know. Well, that's the thing. People still in this day and age they can't believe we're open. So, mm-hmm. but you know. yeah, you're we're not struggling. To, we're happy to tell them we are open. Yes, <laughs> and we're selling things like a race reborn. reborn. Get them before Mark sends yeah, them back. This is an important <laughs> cultural hub, right here. <laughs> We're like 40,000 Blu-rays. A We're a museum of film, all right? 40,000 uh, movies, most of them Eraser Reborn. <laughs> we choose Eraser Reborn to talk about. So, until next week, keep on buying. And keep on renting. Thanks for listening. Eraser. These movies and many more are available at your local video store. Is it on Blu-ray? Like the first one? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But There's going like, to be a special edition like of that at some point. And that's the thing. I've, I was considering buying the like the Blu-ray just because of the nostalgia I got Wait, from watching this. Wait, they tricked this. you. So they it worked on me. you. It worked on me. But the Blu-ray is like kind of pricey now for like a bare bones. Mm-hmm. Like, There's going to be a special edition. Absolutely. There's definitely going to be an Arrow special edition.